Welcome in to another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager, football writer at WISports.net. And we're not in football season right now, though. We are smack dab in the middle of basketball season, essentially at the midway point right now. A lot of girls' basketball teams are actually over uh, 12 games played. There's some boys' basketball teams that are over 12 games played. Most of them have at least hit double digits by now. So I guess you could really consider this the, the midway point of the season. And it was a season that, that began with a lot of interest and intrigue with a number of different storylines. The transfer situation at Nicolet, Deontay Long returning to the court after uh, serving some jail time uh, at Milwaukee, Washington. Some really talented kids uh, at Lacrosse Central and elsewhere around the state. Also some kind of uh, uncertainty with some of the defending state champions from last year, Oshkosh North and Kaukauna out of the FBA. Uh, but it, it has been an interesting season to follow in boys' hoops so far this year. Last week on the WSN podcast, when Norbert Durst joined us, we took uh, kind of a mid-season look at girls' hoops. And we're going to do the same in boys' basketball this week, and we'll bring in our boys' basketball expert, Mark Miller, to do so. Uh, Mark, it uh, as I said, I, I think it was a season that uh, began with uh, some some pretty significant storylines. Um, how have those storylines played out, and and have we learned anything? Has anything changed in some of those big stories that began the year? Well, uh, I think uh, thanks for having me in. By the way, uh, Nicolay has has lived up to what most people thought they would do this year. They're twelve and one. Uh, with their only loss coming to an out-of-state team, and they're ranked number one in Division Two in this week's West Sports Coaches Poll. And uh, at times, they've been dominant. Um, and, you know, with the front line, that includes Jalen Johnson and Jamari Sibley. And, of course, Jalen can play on the perimeter, too. Uh, you know, two six nine guys that are going to be playing Division One college basketball uh, in 24 months. Uh, it's not a surprise that they're, that they're doing well. Expectations um, of many when when Jalen Johnson and his brother Kobe Johnson transferred in along with James Graham from a uh, university school and the, the Johnson boys, obviously from Sun Prairie uh, transferring into Nicolay. Um, so other uh, crowds have been huge um, and, uh, and, and, uh, and they've done well. Uh, as far as uh, the other storylines, you know, Washington's got four losses right now. They're eight and four, but again, many of those have come to out of state teams. They did lose to Greendale Martin Luther from Wisconsin, but uh, they, they won a big game last night on the road. They, they beat King, um, and Deontay Long had 19 points in that game. He did have to sit out a couple games uh, a couple weeks back, um, but he's back playing now. And, of course, the combination of, of Deontay Long and, and Michael Foster makes makes Washington, you know, one of the teams in Division Two that potentially could give Nicolay a run for its money for the state championship. Um, Lacrosse Central only has one loss. Uh they're, they're 10 and one, and uh, that loss came to, to Brook Central. Um, they beat on Alaska last weekend in a huge Mississippi Valley Conference game. Uh, they're another D2 team that, that I think a lot of people are expecting to potentially push Nicolay. And then uh, a couple of surprise teams really near the top of our rankings. Uh, uh, well, Madison East in Division One is ranked number one right now, and they're 14 and 0. Uh, can't do any better than that. And uh, not that people didn't expect the Pergolders to have a good team this year. But to be 14 and 0 and, and uh, sitting atop the the Big A conference and, and the state rankings uh, might have been a little bit of a hard to believe, you know, just uh, three months ago. But uh, kudos to to Coach Matt Mayota 
and and his very talented players who have who have really stepped up. Uh, many of them are underclassmen too. So uh, he's just going to be a player on the state scene here for the next couple of years. And then in Division Two, a team that that's uh, really done well is Green Bay Southwest. Um, uh, they're they're sitting at 11 and 0 heading into a game. On, I think they played last night. They may be 12 and 0. Um, and of course, they're on top of the Fox River Classic Conference, and had a chance to watch them back at our shootout a couple weeks ago. And uh, uh, they don't wow you with talent, but they they do wow you with defense and with execution. Um, that, that's another really good Division Two team. Uh, as far as the Fox Valley Association is concerned, Kimberly took one on the chin last night, so we now have a two-way tie for first place between Kimberly and Kakana. Um, Kakana is playing very well right now; they're ten and two. Um, so those are probably the top two teams uh, within the FEA, at least at this point in the season. You, you mentioned a few teams that were you, you could categorize as, as surprises in the first half of the year: Madison East, Green Bay Southwest. How about some of the smaller divisions? What were what are some teams that that would fall into that category of a surprise team in terms of where they're at right now, their record, their ranking, their conference standing, et cetera? Yeah, you know that's it's tough because usually in D, it, it, well usually across the line the teams that are they're doing well you kind of expected them to do well, but in the case of Madison East you know fourteen and zero is is exceeding expectations, um, and and the same thing with Green Bay Southwest. In Division Three, you know St. John's Military right now is sitting at uh, uh, with an unbeaten record, and so is Stratford. Um, and Stratford competes in a really good conference uh, up there in the Merrowood South. So they're getting they're playing in the Auburndales and and in uh, marathons of the world, uh, and have come through unscathed so far. Um, I think most people expected them to have a very good team, but again, like Madison East, being unbeaten at this point is is uh, very impressive. Um, and St. John's Military Academy, um, you know, they have not played Brookfield Academy yet. And, and right now in our poll, we have St. John's three and Brookfield Academy four. They will play twice in February. So those will be interesting matchups in the Midwest Classic Conference. Um, you know, Roncalli's unbeaten right now. I think they're 13 and all. Uh, Darlington, certainly out of the swall, they're unbeaten. Um, Clear Lake, I think uh, they're unbeaten as well in D4. These are all D4 teams Roncalli, Darlington, Clear Lake, and Iola, Scandinavia. They're all unscathed at this point in the season. Um, again, I think most people thought that all those schools would be very good, uh, but to, to have an unbeaten record, uh, uh, they may have taken it to, you know, to an even higher level than most anticipated. Uh, Darlington in particular, I think, uh, particularly because they have to play Mineral Point and Cuba City, um, you know, and Fenimore and Southwestern and the Swall, and, and they've come through and, and answered every challenge uh, thus far. In Division Five, uh, you know Randolph, I think, is a bit of a surprise, uh, being unbeaten at this point. Uh, Eustisford got their first loss uh, last night to, to Lourdes Academy, which we have ranked number four actually, and they moved up to D four this year. Um, and then Sheboygan Lutheran's been pretty dominant uh, in, in, within the Big East Conference at this point, and they're sitting at fourteen and all. And um, uh, I think they're, we have them ranked number one, and I think that's a that's a very accurate ranking. Blair Taylor uh, over from the Dairyland Conference, another bit of a surprise, uh, sitting with an unbeaten record. Um, so those, as far as the smaller divisions, those are some of the schools that that are showing uh, very, very well in the, at the midway point of the season. You mentioned Division Five, Randolph, uh, Blair Taylor, Sheboygan Lutheran. Is is this 2012, 2011 all over again uh, when when those teams were 
uh, obviously very good and uh, making state tournaments a, a number of different times. So uh, back back at the top for some of those teams. Let's take yeah, a look and yeah. move from uh, some of the surprise teams. Let's let's take a look at some of the players that have have stepped up, maybe stood out more than than what you thought. Have taken a big step forward this year uh, around the state of Wisconsin. Well, there's the the guys that you would anticipate having really big seasons that are doing just that. So they could you know give a shout out to Marcus Domask at, at uh, Wapan who's averaging almost 30 points a game uh, and uh, obviously is heading to Northern Kentucky next year in a Division One scholarship. Uh, he, he's come through. A.J. Vukovic at, at East Troy is another really good player that uh, that you thought would have a big year, and he is. And, you know, from the bigger schools, uh, uh, Dalton Banks at Eau Claire North is averaging almost 27 a game, became the school's all-time leading scorer um, this week. Carter Thomas at Oshkosh West, he had a big game last night as they beat Kimberly. I think he had 31 points. And 12 rebounds. Um, so um, those guys uh, you know, are all having terrific seasons. As far as surprises go, you know, I think most people thought that Jacob Agnosovic of Sheboygan Lutheran was going to have a very good year on a very good team, but he's having an unbelievable year. I mean, he's averaging 32.1 points and 15.7 rebounds, um, which, you know, I don't care who you're playing, that's, that's great production. Um, he's put up really good numbers when, when, uh, Sheboygan Lutheran has played the top teams like Howard's Grove and Kohler. Um, and, and he's also put up good numbers when they played the lower teams in the, in the big East. So I think he's a guy that's, that's really done well. I'm very anxious to see this kid from mountaintop Christian, which is not uh, a member of the WIAA, but I've heard people around Beaver Dam talk about this kid for several years now. His name is Dustin Bupre and he's only a sophomore. He's about six, two. So he's got good height. And he's averaging 42 points and 20, 22 rebounds in the Indian Trails Conference. Uh, granted, it's not good competition, and, and you wonder if he's a Mickey Crow type and he shoots 40 times a game. But um, the people around Beaver Dam that I've talked to say he's, he's really good. And he's at the school because his grandfather started the school. <laughs> so uh, kind of an interesting storyline there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think Jacob Everson at Menasha has had a really solid season uh, he's a kid that's played varsity ball for, I think, three years now. And Menasha is uh, more competitive this year than they've been uh, in recent years. And he's averaging 26.8 a game. So he's another guy, I think, that uh, has really stepped up his game as a senior for, for Menasha. We, uh, we've talked a number of different times this year uh, about the 2019 class and how it's a little bit short on the high-level Division One prospects that – uh, that we see in some of the other classes currently that we've seen in the past out of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I did see that David Skogman is maybe picking up a little bit of interest uh, of some kind anyway from Wisconsin. They were at his game last night, although he didn't uh, didn't get a chance to play much. Um, who are some kids, either in 2019 or perhaps maybe the, the lower classes, that are on the verge of adding you know, some significant division one type offers that, uh, you know, with the strong play this year are, are really putting themselves in a position to, to pick up either their first D one offer or their first big time D one type of offer. Yeah. I think in the 2019 class, uh, the guy that everyone's monitoring right now is definitely David Skogman. Um, you know, he's, he's six ten and, and, and can do so many good things on the court. Um, consistency, production, uh, health are all are all things that you know you want to check off 
with with David, and he, he's trending in the right direction in that respect. He's he's got several D1 offers already, and he opted to wait until after the season before making a decision. But anytime you're six ten and move as well as, as David does, and and can can do things with the ball in terms of putting it on the floor, uh, and also shooting from the perimeter, um, you're going to attract attention. And it doesn't surprise me that Wisconsin was was at the game last night because. You know, they've had guys like him uh, in the past. Um, but, again, consistency, production, and health are going to be the three things that he has to show, uh, on a, uh, you know, from here until the rest of the season in order to, to get an offer from a place like Wisconsin or uh, another high major program. Um, it, the other two guys, I think, in, in the uh, 19 class that, that potentially still could, could maybe get a Division One offer, they currently do not have one would be Chris Breedy of Waukesha West, a, a, a teammate of Scobman's that, uh, who, who's about 6'4 and, and really strong and can shoot it, a uh, good athlete. Uh, he kind of fits the bill as a wing guard, and some lower Division One schools are, are checking him out. And then Jaden Zachary, who many people will remember from the state tournament last year at Mistosa Centro, uh, a 6'3 lockdown guard who's really physical and can really defend. Um, I think he's also a guy that potentially could get an offer you know, particularly if uh, Westosha Central continues its success. Uh, when you mentioned the 2020 class, Travis, there's a lot of guys in there uh, that that currently have Division One offers, and then there's going to be uh, even more, I think, that that will garner Division One. I'm just looking at our player rankings right now, and we go down through uh, number seven uh, that have Division One offers, and, and um, then there's another couple guys beyond that that for sure will get Division One offers. So we're looking at a class next year probably uh, between 12 and 15, excuse me, division one players, if not even a couple more, um, just depends of course on the spring and summer that they have on the, on the club circuit. But uh, a couple guys that I think people really want to look out for who, who are on the verge of getting some really good offers, Anthony Washington at Madison East athletic six, three combo guard, who, who's a big reason for their 14 and 0 record. Um, obviously Dalton Banks at Eau Claire North and Isaac Lindsay at Mineral Point, they have offers already. Carter Gilmore is a guy that uh, is, is flirting with some really good uh, potential offers, including Wisconsin. Um, he's a 6'7 uh, wing player at Arrowhead, uh, who's actually played a lot of point guard for them this year. Um, and then some other guys, Agnostovic certainly at Sheboygan Lutheran being 6'7 and, and being as productive as he is. I think you'll see some Division one offers come his way. Uh, Caden Bozer up at Eau Claire Memorial. He's got a couple D1 offers, but I could see maybe a few more coming his way as well. And then uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo's brother, Alex, at Dominican. Uh, he's been a little up and down this year, but uh, when, when he's been good, he's been really good. Uh, he's a guy, because he's 6'7 and uh, obviously has great family lineage, he's another guy that potentially could get a Division One offer, uh, if not uh, during the high school season, then maybe during the club season. We're talking with Mark Miller, the boys basketball writer at Wisports.net. Covered some of the top teams and players and surprising stories uh, from that respect so far this year. Mark, as you look over the state, uh, there's no conference races that are wrapped up yet. Uh, nobody has clinched a conference championship. And there's uh, you know, maybe some that are kind of foregone conclu- conclusions at this point. But what are the ones that you're most interested in keeping an eye on down the stretch the last half of the year or so? Uh, in you know what what is a, a pretty busy and hectic and crazy final few weeks of the regular season. 
Right, right. I think uh, we talked a little bit about the FEA. I mean, that one's always one that people keep their, their eyes on because of the talent that's in that conference. Um, and because of the tightness, uh, you know, you're looking at Kimberly and Kakana both at 8-2 and two after 10 games. And then and then you got Appleton West and Nina nipping at their heels at 7-3. and three. So you really got uh, four teams there that are still very much in the hunt for a conference championship. Uh, and that'll come down to the final eight games of the conference season, obviously. So there's some big-time matchups coming up uh, uh, in the FBA. And so that's one that uh, uh, definitely we'll want to keep a very close eye on. I think as far as the smaller schools go, the Swall is always one that uh, uh, interests me, and, and particularly this year because they – they have five or six really, really good teams, um, and um, you know they're all bunched together in the same conference, and then and then they get bunched together again after the postseason. But uh, they just finished their first round, um, and uh, Darlington is seven and zero, and Mineral Point is six and one. Uh, and then uh, Frenemore got postponed last night, but in all likelihood they would be five and two if they take care of their business. I think they were supposed to play uh, basketball last night, so. Um, you know, yet really three teams there. Cuba City's at four and three. They'd almost have to run the table and hope uh, Darling gets bumped off three times uh, in order for them to be in the race. But um, the Darlington Mineral Point rematch uh, is going to be is going to be a really good one, and, and it's coming up Friday, uh, and it's in Darlington this time. So if Mineral Point wants to win that conference uh, championship, they're going to have to win the game Friday on the road against an unbeaten team that's ranked very highly and plays together exceptionally well and is really well coached. I, I think, uh, uh, Darlington is, uh, you know, one of the, one of the really more pleasant surprises this year, not that people didn't expect them to, to do well, but the fact that they're doing as well as they are, um, I think caught people off guard. Um, I'm also curious to see, uh, I, I know lacrosse central took care of on Alaska pretty good on, uh, last weekend, um, at, in lacrosse. But uh, I, 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 those two teams are so much better than the rest of the league that they're not going to lose to anyone else. Um, so that rematch in on Alaska uh, in a few weeks, uh, I think, is going to be a very interesting game. Um, and, of course, on Alaska will need to win that in order to tie for the conference championship. And then, you know, there's a really good chance that they could play a third time in the WIA playoffs. So uh, that rivalry will only get uh, more heated and and more intense uh, as we head down the, the final few weeks of the season here. And then another one uh, real quickly here is the classic eight uh, arrowhead was kind of in charge, uh, but then they got bumped off. Um, so now we have uh, two teams uh, after the first round here who are seven and one arrowhead and Waukesha West, and then Oconomowoc's right behind them at six and two. So um, arrowhead took care of Waukesha West. I was at that game and covered it for West sports uh, at arrowhead earlier in the year, but the rematch, is in Waukesha, and, and uh, Waukesha West played that game uh, uh, without Rocky Martinez Jr., who is now back in the lineup and playing very well for the Wolverines. So um, that game will likely decide the Classic 8 Conference title since they're, they're both uh, tied for first place at this point. All right, Mark, we're, uh, we're going to tease our listeners a little bit, and we're going to talk about favorites for Mr. Basketball Next week, next time on the WSN podcast, uh, we'll save that for a different uh, different show when we've got a little bit more time. But I do want to ask okay. you about some kids uh, that are in the 2020 class. You referenced Lacrosse Central and Johnny Davis and Jordan Davis, twins, uh, both have uh, scholarship offers from from several different schools. Wisconsin only offered Johnny. 
And uh, it was a while back, and there was kind of uh, mm-hmm. an anticipation and expectation that, you know, that he would commit to Wisconsin. He hasn't received much else so far in terms of Big Ten, you know, high-level type of offers. What's your prediction? What happens with the Davis Twins um, at the next level? Wow, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, you could really say that with all these guys in the 2020 class. Where did Jalen Johnson go? Where does Jamari Sibley go? Uh, Carter Gilmore, Dalton Banks, right up and down the line. But as far as Johnny goes, you're right. I mean, when you have an offer from the Badgers on the table and it's your only uh, high major offer, um, and it's been on the table, like you said, for a while now, probably over six months, um, you, you, you kind of wonder, well, you know, why why isn't he taking that? Well, my hunch is that he, he wants to at least play the spring AAU season, see how that goes, see what other schools might be interested um, and, uh, you know, then maybe make a decision at that time, or he may opt to wait all summer. You know, his game, he's a slasher. He's, he's not a shooter. Um, he, he's an athletic long slasher, six, five athletic kid that really gets to the basket. And he's kind of a straight line guy, uh, just goes full steam ahead, um, gets the foul line a ton and he's a good foul shooter, but, um, you know, does that fit in with what Wisconsin normally does? Well, it's hard to say because you don't know how the personnel will mesh, you know, when Johnny gets there. Um, you know, they, they play one way now, but obviously a guy like Ethan Happ won't be there when, when Johnny gets there. So they're, they could be, uh, if Johnny decides to go there, they could be a totally different, um, you know, offensive team at that point in time. I think Johnny could become a really good defender because he moves well and he's got really good length and he's, and he's athletic. Um, he needs to improve his perimeter shot. But um, it, is, it is a little puzzling that he hasn't committed to the Badgers. Um, as far as his other brother, Jordan, he has really improved his game. He's playing very, very well right now. He's shooting the ball well. Uh, I think he had three or four threes against Don Alaska the other night. And uh, he's not quite as big as Johnny, um, not quite as explosive, but uh, more of a cerebral player, really moves the ball, really defends, can set screens, can pop out and hit shots. You know, he's he's a guy probably today that you wouldn't say is a high major kid, um, but he's a guy that's going to attract a lot of attention here in the spring when he goes out. Um, I don't think there's anything uh, within the family that, you know, they, they want to go together or anything like that. Um, so, and, and and they both also will have opportunities, as you know, Travis, for football. So um, how does that factor in, particularly with Jordan? I think Johnny's pretty committed to playing basketball. But will Jordan, you know, get some really good football offers and maybe decide to go play football in college? Um, all those things will be determined here in, in the coming months. Uh, as far as a crystal ball, I, I guess I would probably pick Jalen Johnson to go to Duke. And, and um, uh, you know, I think Johnny Davis, if he, if he commits uh, in, uh, by the end of April uh, to Wisconsin, that's where he'll go. If he decides to put it, wait, it, wait longer – then I think the Badgers will, will start to recruit other guys uh, at his spot and maybe not be quite as committed to him um, as, as they currently are. Um, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, they, they might still want him really, really bad. I don't know. But, you know, at this point, you're, you, you kind of get the hint that, okay, we offered him a while back and, and uh, we followed him and we've watched him and he's not committing. So we, we got to go to plan B. And sometimes they get caught doing that too much where they're, they're kind of, you know, putting all their eggs in one basket and not not uh, spreading out and, and looking at other guys that that uh, you know are really good players um, that are getting offers from other schools. Um, so 
I think that they might change that uh, philosophy just a little bit uh, as we head into the uh, recruiting for 2020. All right, Mark, we're uh, we're getting down to the end here. Any storylines to follow over the next month or so of the regular season that we haven't touched on yet? Touched on yet? Excuse me. That that you think are noteworthy that uh, that we want to make mention of. Well, I always tell people there's there's uh, 500 stories every every day of the week <laughs> in our state, uh, just like with football that you cover, Travis. I mean, uh, the small schools are, uh, are to me are as interesting as the large schools. Uh, you know, there's storylines with teams that uh, have multiple brothers or only have five or six kids on the team. Um, you know, but but are, are keeping the school and the city and the community, uh, you know, uh, in the headlines, so to speak, or at least representing them. Um, I think as far as the the big stories that most people will be interested in, I I think uh, Division II is really going to be something else this year as we head to the tournament. There's so many good teams in that division and and so many that are are really going to be, you know, pushing hard to get to Madison that uh, I think it's going to lead to some really outstanding basketball. Uh, As far as Division I goes, um, you know, I, I think the Milwaukee area, uh, yeah, although Madison East is number one right now, when, when you look at teams like Sussex Hamilton, Brookfield Central, and Brookfield East out of the greater metro, um, those are three really, really good teams. Um, and, and I think uh, out of the Classic 8, Waukesha West and Arrowhead are really good teams. Um, so I think, you know, that's we just rattled off about six or seven schools. One of those is going to probably hold the, the gold ball, whether it's Madison East or the two Brookfields or Sussex or Arrowhead or, or Waukesha West. So that'll be a good story. D3, you know, can Wapon uh, get back there and win it uh, after winning it a few when, in, when Marcus was a freshman? Um, you know, Martin Luther's in there. You, you got Stratford, St. Catharines. Uh, so up and down the line, there's good teams. D4 will be really competitive uh, uh, throughout the state. A lot of really good balanced teams there. One team I think that, that is under the radar right now a little bit that's really good is Osseo Fairchild. Um, I think they're 11-1 and right now. They just finished the first half of the Western Clover Belt at 7-0. and And if you look at their scores, I mean, they're, they're beating teams like Regis and, and Fall Creek and Chippewa Falls McDonald by large margins. Um, and I happen to see a couple of their kids uh, over the summer play, and, and uh, Logan Mulhern is, is really a good player for them. He does everything. Um, I think they might be a little under the radar right now as far as you know making a splash come March. All right, good stuff as always, Mark. It, uh, I think I say it every week, and it's fine. It's a great time of the year, a lot of interesting storylines, a lot of interesting things to watch, and uh, it, it's going to be a fun final four or five weeks, whatever it is, until we get to the playoffs. And we're only a few weeks away from the uh, from the seeding meetings taking place. So it's, uh, it's yep. getting there. It's getting there. Uh, th- again, thanks for joining us, Mark. This has been another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.